Well, thank you. Yeah. So um, it's strange being in here because I actually don't remember the last time I was in a 4 p.m. service. I'm the youth and kids worker here. My name's Claire. And I'm normally in the back rooms for the duration from like three o'clock to 6.30. And I get to come out for the first three songs and that's about it. So some of you might not know me. Some of you might be a completely new face. Others I know... I've known you for a while, but it's really nice to be up here, and they've let me preach. Yeah, it's August, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm your typical August preacher, that means no one else is around, uh, so <laughs> they asked me to do it. Um, what it actually is, is that the youth are so important to this church, they get the, the best. That's what I'm, I'm just joking, I don't know. We'll see how I do. <laughs> um, but this passage is what I'm speaking on today, about this miraculous catch of fish. And I'm just going to recap the story a bit because there is a lot going on in that passage. So what happens is Jesus is standing on a beach. It's about beaches, right? There we go. Jesus is standing on the beach. And he's talking to some people. He's teaching and sharing uh, his wisdom with people. And it's drawing a lot of attention. And it says that he got crowded out by people. Um, So presumably there's like some people that are too far away to hear. So they start pressing in. And Jesus gets like the physical pressure of the people and he has to start backing away so he finds a boat and it's the boat of Simon I think they were familiar with each other so he would have known this guy was Simon Simon's seen him around there's some buzz about Jesus and then he calls to Simon and says Simon can I can we get in your boat let's go out from the shore a little way and I'll preach from your boat and so Simon does it Jesus sits on the boat he teaches the people they all get to hear his wisdom And then he's done. He turns to Simon. He says, let's go catch some fish. Let's put the nets down. Simon says, well, the thing is, we've actually been doing this all night. So uh, there's no fish out there. But because your reputation precedes you, I can't say that phrase, your reputation precedes you. um, And I know that you do amazing things. So I'll put the nets down anyway. And he does. And they catch so many fish that it starts to overwhelm the boat. And Simon calls to his friends and they come and reel the fish in. And Simon is so astounded by the whole experience. He falls to his knees and tells Jesus he's going to uproot everything and just follow Jesus. That's it. That's his decision. And Jesus says to Simon, you've been fishing for fish. Now you're going to be fisher of people. And that's what the story tells us. Now, as a child hearing this story, I'll tell you what I heard, because I didn't hear that. What I heard was, there's this like super famous celebrity preacher called Jesus, who preaches. And he's also a miracle worker and does like magic tricks. And then he says, go be fishers of men. So whatever you do to fish, go and do it to people. And I have had this image in my head for most of my life. I know it's not the case, but the image stayed with me from the first time I heard this story of the fish being pulled in with the net, gasping for air, like at the end of Finding Nemo. Do you know that scene? Like the fish are just gasping for air and they're being pulled up anyway and you're just, your heart's breaking for the fish, but it's happening against their will. And I sort of had this image of us going out and just like grabbing people and being going, you well know Jesus. This is what's going to happen. And that's how I heard this story. And so when I saw that I was preaching on it, I know that's not what the story means, but I couldn't shake the image. And I've been thinking and thinking and thinking on this 
all week, maybe for two weeks. I'm not entirely sure how long. Um, But in order to tell you where I landed with this and what I have learned from my kind of rethinking this story, I'm going to tell you about something else. So I'm going to tell you about my garden project. Any gardeners? In the okay, no one's going to be interested. Okay, uh, <laughs> me and my husband have been living in a house for a few years, and we had a very long garden. And when we bought the house, the garden is kind of thin and long, and the first two thirds of it are just pebbles all the way down, like completely contained, no plants, no weeds, nothing to manage. And then there's like a fence and loads of stinging nettles at the back, and I'm like, well. This is great, like low maintenance, don't have to do any lawn mowing, don't have to keep any plants alive. We had some trees to cut back, that was about it. And I thought, I'm doing my bit for nature by having the back bit with the stinging nettles because foxes can go out there and loads of bugs and I felt really like good about myself. And that was fine. And then we had a kid. My daughter is nearly two, you saw her running back and forth here. Um, but when she was, by the time she was one and kind of walking around, we took her out in the garden and turns out one-year-old's just like eat stones and the whole garden is just stones so we figure we got to have like a, we got to do a garden project we got to get some grass down for her to run around on she can be free and we need to clear that back bit because it's all stinging nettles didn't think about that either so if she got through the gate at the back that's just disaster so basically the last two summers have been us clearing the back of the garden which by I just have to tell you underneath the nettles were rubbish bags and underneath those were old dog beds and underneath that was an entire destroyed Anderson shelter so it's been a fun summer guys (laughs) we've had a skip Um, but also we're shifting all these pebbles down to the bottom of the garden so Leah can play on the grass but there's like tons tons of pebbles to move The other day, Tom was in his element. Tom is my husband. If you haven't met him, he's a firefighter. He loves the gym. He's like all into his health and fitness. And he's got this garden project. He's got a new wheelbarrow. He's got a new spade. He's like loving life right now. And he gets to get some cardio in going up and down the garden, shifting all the stones. So he's having like a great time. And Leah is out in the garden with him and desperately wants to help. But she's got no muscle. A little bit, but... She's not looking like Tom. She can't lift the wheelbarrow. She can't lift the spade. She has literally got a plastic bag that some pegs were in. And she's, it's like six inches tall and two inches wide. And she's like running around with this plastic bag, filling it with pebbles. So she's got like her 12 stones. She's running the length of the garden. I'm not kidding. It's probably like as long as the church. Taking these stones down the bottom, emptying her bag, running back up, filling her little bag with like 12 pebbles, running down, emptying her bag. And then it was funny at one point because then she starts filling them up down there and bringing them this way. And Tom's like, what are you doing? But she was so, so interested in helping. And I was sat watching this play out and I just thought to myself, oh man, I get the the fish boat story. I get it. And I'm going to pull that together and explain what I saw in seeing Leah do that. You see, the thing is, when Jesus saw Simon and told him to be a fisher of men, a fisher of people, it was more about the relationship between Jesus and Simon than anything else. It wasn't so much about this analogy of going to fish for people, although it was a bit, but really it was about Jesus and Simon. You see, what Jesus did is when he asked to get into Simon's boat and go out uh, from the shore and preach and then go catch fish, he saw what Simon already had. He saw that Simon was hardworking. He'd been up all night. 
He had a skill. He had a passion for what he was doing to the point that he's working hard. He saw that he had a boat and some friends. He had his little bit of resources. And Jesus said, that's really good. I can do something with that. I see what you've got and I see who you are. That's great. That is more than enough. Jesus saying, go and be a fisher for people, wasn't about what the fisher are, that they're these people. It was about what Simon was going to do. It was that he wanted Simon to take all that stuff that was about him already and go and apply that to people instead of fish. He said, I see you staying up all night. Let's go like, let's stay up all night with people. Tell them about me. I see you've got dedication and hard work. Let's take that and like do that for telling people about who God is and what God can do for you. He said, I see you've got like, you've got some resources. Let's use your resources. You've got friends. Let's rely on your friends when you need them. I see that you care. Let's go care for people. It's great that you want to do this for fish. That in itself is valuable, but I can use that over here. And that's what I saw the story was about. And more than that, I saw that it's about the relationship between Jesus and Simon. I read a great thing while I was kind of reading around this. Someone said that in this story, Simon attended to Jesus' preaching and Jesus attended to Simon's fishing. Simon was willing. He's just like he's just done a night shift. He's just been up all night, but he was willing to let Jesus borrow his boat. He sat and listened to the preach and then he was willing to drop his nets out as well and give it another go. Simon attended to what Jesus asked and needed in the moment. And Jesus attended to Simon's fishing. Simon had caught nothing. And it wasn't like, Simon scratches your back, so you scratch Simon's. Like it's, you know, if you do this for me, I'll pay you back somehow. It's not that. It's just how relationship works. You care enough about each other that you want to give for the other person's cause and the other person's need. You want to support each other, attend to each other. Think about people you love. You want to attend to them. And if they love you back, they attend to you. And that's the relationship. So in seeing Leah in the garden, I saw Leah running up and down, seeing the task that Tom was trying to complete and saying, I want to be a part of that. It looks great. It looks fun. Dad's doing it. Let me attend to your task. And in turn, Tom's loving her and giving her cuddles and paying attention to her. And do you know what Tom said? He said, she didn't really do anything. (laughs) I think he lifted more in one shovel than she took in the entire time. But he said it was so much better that we did it together. It was so much more fun doing it with Leah. And I think that's what happens with us, with God, with church, with community, is just doing it together, just bringing you and whatever it is you have, even if it's nothing, is better because it's, it's better doing it together. There's so much more love and joy in that. It leaves me with a question for me. And the question I was asking myself is, if Jesus stood before me and he said, I see what you already have and who you already are, what would those things be? Because sometimes I feel a little bit like, well... I'm not like a world changer. I can't do massive things. I don't have millions of pounds. I don't have stacks of resources. I don't know what I can bring sometimes. I see like a problem and I think, man, that's massive and it requires fundamental change and what can I do? And I just don't feel like I have enough to bring. But what would Jesus say to me 
when he says, everything you have, everything you are, that's great. Let's use that. What is it for you? What would Jesus look at you and say? Everything you have, everything you are, that's good. What are those things? I don't know what your, like, what your task is in your faith. I don't know what it is that like, you're attending to. The things that you want to see happen, the things that you want to see done, or the things that we feel are important, the way that we like, go and do this stuff for people. It's different for each of us. But we all have something to bring, even if the thing we bring is just being there, and that makes it better doing it together. And Jesus wants the relationship. He wants to attend to us and have us attend to him. He wants to do it together. And so I'm just, I'm going to leave you with that image. I'd love to have put some pictures up of my garden with Leah running back and forward, but um, I don't know how to do the PowerPoint thing. Um, so you just keep it in your imaginations. But um, I'm going to leave that thought with you. What is it that Jesus would look you in the eye and say, that's really good, that's enough, let's use that. And then what are you going to go do with it? What is it you're going to do in relationship with Jesus to go and fish for people, whatever that looks like, attend to people, go and love people? So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to leave it there for you to ponder on that question. So Father God, we bring this before you now, Lord. We thank you for the love and attentiveness that you have for us. We thank you that you look at us and see enough and that just the relationship is enough, that that brings enough joy and love to what we do. And I pray that each of us, you would um, reveal what it is that you want to use in us, what it is you want us to bring, or even what it is fishing for people looks like for us. And so I pray that you would keep our eyes open to those things and be a comfort to us. In your name, amen.